Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Um, so here we are. Now we're backing, you know, post-draft, post-schedule release, you know, post-essentially frontier free agency here. And this is generally the time we'd have some news on some, you know, OTAs, rookie camps, all that. And unfortunately, uh, that's not happening. So um, what I'm going to talk about today is I wanted to go over the roster. And what that means is, like, because, you know, you do the draft, you do free agency, and you're just assuming, okay, well, this guy's on the team, this guy's on the team. Well, there's only 53 guys. Um, The 55 that you hear out there with this new CBA, um, the 55 is that you could bring two practice squad players up from – from your practice squad and have them active on a game day. Now, the thing is, if you send them back down post-game day, um, they are subject to waivers. Now, why would that be important? So, for me, I could see the Eagles manipulating that for, for instance, their third tight end. Last year, it was Alex Ellis, you know, Richard Rodgers, you know, Josh Perkins. They they were rotating that third tight end, Um but if you remember, for a majority of the season, they would only go with two tight ends active when Ertz and Goddard were healthy. So I can foresee a situation where they have, like, let's say Ellis on the practice squad. They put him up. He's the third tight end um, with that 55. And uh, But again, it, it also doesn't make a ton of sense because you still have your inactives. So I, I don't know how fruitful it is, but it is a way for them to at least manipulate getting the best 53 guys on the team rather than keeping a third tight end if they feel it's more important or, you know, more fruitful potentially down the line with developing a player, keeping an extra lineman or a wide receiver. So um, when I looked at the roster, I mean, think about it like this. If you keep three quarterbacks, which I imagine the Eagles are going to do, right now the quarterbacks are Wentz, Hurts, and Sudfeld. Um Again, if this was an ideal or a normal offseason, potentially I guess you could see a situation where maybe they don't keep keep Nate Sudfeld. But I, I can't envision that the Eagles were going to have Hurts be their primary backup going into the season anyway. Uh, maybe I, maybe they would have. Maybe he would have been so great in training camp that you would have been okay with it. Again, it's not like it's impossible to think that the Eagles were going to just say, okay, Jalen Hurts is our backup. I mean, if you guys remember, look at our own division, the, the Cowboys with Prescott. Prescott was set to be Tony Romo's backup as a rookie, and he's a fourth-round pick. So yeah, having a second-rounder be your backup, no, completely uh, realistic. But again, they did sign Sudfeld. They drafted Hurts. I mean, I I could just see with a guy like Sudfeld who's been on the team for, you know, this will be, what, season four, um, I definitely think he would have had a spot to begin with. Now, is there the potential that they could bring in Josh McCown? I don't, I mean, I could see it if they don't trust Sudfeld at all. That's the only thing. It's not going to be that they keep four quarterbacks because that's ludicrous. You can't keep four quarterbacks. But if they do have the envision or if they do envision a scenario where they want to have an experienced backup, that's going to be Nate Sutfeld's job. I mean, it's him or a veteran. Kyle Laletta, I could see him being on the practice squad again. Um, But it's going to be three quarterbacks. My prediction is it's going to just be what they got. It's going to be Wentz, Hurts, and Sutfeld. I don't envision Josh McCown coming back. 
Now running back. Running back is, you know, uh, this one is, it's, it's a little bit more interesting because right now, if you look at the Eagles running backs, uh, the, the big three, obviously, it's, it's um, you know, Sanders, obviously. And let me tell you something about Sanders here. He is the guy. Don't don't convince yourself otherwise. Like the Eagles are building this thing around Miles Sanders. He is absolutely 100% going to be the bell cow on this team. And rightfully so. He's the best running back that we've had since LaShawn McCoy. And I don't I don't even think it's a question. Then you have Boston Scott, and Boston Scott is the new Darren Sproles, right? And I and I I'm not a fan of saying, "Oh, you're the new this player." But again, he's going to play that role. But the thing is, let's just say Sanders gets dinged up and has to miss a game or two. Then it's like, yeah, you can use Boston Scott absolutely for a game, but you don't want to have him be your primary running back for a game because he's more of a change of pace. He's a, you know, he he brings something different um to the table. I mean, Darren Sproles loved Darren Sproles, but Darren Sproles was never the guy. He wasn't your bell cow running back um ever really in his career. Not with New Orleans, not with, you know, San Diego. When he was there, I mean, it's that's just not the role that you have for a player like that. Boston Scott is a great change of pace, and then, but if again, if for instance, if a if a great pitcher is throwing a changeup all the time, then guess what? It's not a change of pace. That's just a pitch. It's a slower. You know what I mean? Like, it's always good to throw a curveball here and there, but you can't just throw them exclusively. So, what happens if? So again, that tells me the Eagles need to make. A running back a priority and again we talked about last week you know you have Carlos Hyde Devontae Freeman guys out there they have a guy in the roster Corey Clement I mean Corey Clement is you know the experienced running back on this roster right but Corey Clement has been injured the last two years and to be more than fair and again I love Corey Clement I'll never ever for, uh you know forget what he did to help us win a Super Bowl. He played an absolutely crucial part in the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. So yes, I have a little bit of a soft spot for Corey Clement. And I do think if Corey Clement is healthy, he does provide, you know, something on this team and he's definitely capable of playing in the NFL. Here's the thing though. Two years ago when, you know, JGI got hurt, it was like, okay, and Darren Sproles was hurt. It was like, okay, we're going to have Corey Clement. He's going to be, he's going to be the guy. Here's his time to shine. And it never materialized. He was splitting carries with Wendell Smallwood. Then he got, you know, Josh Adams taking some of his carries, and then he got hurt himself again. Um, so do I believe the Eagles have faith in him? Well, I mean, I I know they are comfortable with him. In, in a season where we're not going to have an offseason, that obviously helps his chances of making the roster. He in by no way, shape, or form is a lock. But, um, you know, it's just that injury thing. And can you rely on him? And I'd be okay if they don't sign a Carlos Hyde or a, or a Freeman and they just say we're going to go what we got because I also think they do like the undrafted kid Killens that they picked up. Um, I, I again, they gave these undrafted kids some money, you know. Now Killens isn't he's not big by any stretch. He's from uh, what Central Florida, I believe, and um, you know he's a speedster. That that's that's cool and all, and then. Uh, God, what was the other kid's name? I think it's Warren. Yeah, Mike Warren from Cincinnati. So I, I now Mike Warren, obviously, he's a lot bigger than Killens. Killens is more of really like a Donnell Pumphrey size guy, hopefully not that type of player. Warren's a little bit bigger. And oh yeah, that's right. They also have Evander Holyfield's kid, Elijah Holyfield, on the team. So 
as much as I, I convinced myself last week the Eagles were definitely going to make a move and try to get a backup running back, you know, a guy who could be the number two, but, you know, the more I think about it, I'm not so sure. And again, they have a lot of salary cap issues next season. And again, it's it's more than you even think because it's looking more and more likely like there's going to be no fans in the stands for football this year. So if there's no fans in the stands, that cuts in revenue. And the salary cap then doesn't increase the percentage that you would expect had we had a full season. And that really screws the Eagles because with our 13 top paid guys, we're almost at the salary cap number for next season. And yes, like I said, you could do some restructuring of contracts, but you're putting Band-Aids on broken arms. And you know that, that might be a big reason as to why Malcolm Jenkins isn't an Eagle anymore. You know what I mean? You know, they're going to have to make decisions with like guys like Brandon Graham and, you know, people are like, oh, you could just restructure Fletcher Cox. I'm like, yeah, but then you're paying him then later, like big money, essentially $30 million a season into his like, you know, mid to late 30s. I mean, you don't want to do that. The whole point is you're paying him like an elite player now because he is an elite player now. And I still think he will be an elite player. I think Fletcher Cox is going to be really good for a long time still. You know, and everybody's going to point fingers at this Jeffrey deal. And I get it. I understand it is the worst deal that the team has made. But, you know, Ertz is going to be up. It's it's just saying there's going to be some questions. So, you know, if you could preserve as much cap as you can this season, so like the $20 million or so the Eagles still have, and they haven't signed their draft picks yet, but the $20 million they have, they can roll it over in the next year. So that helps. So yeah, yeah, they have twenty some million under the salary cap, which they can use to pick up a clowny or trade for an Ngakwe. Oh yeah, that's great. But no, it's not because they need that money for next season. Um, my final prediction for running backs is, I think they're going to keep four. Uh, it doesn't make. I can't find where it makes any sense to keep more because they're going to be heavy at a lot of other positions. Uh, and the four to me right now, looking on the roster, is easy. It's Sanders. You know, it's Scott, it's Clement, and then it's, you know, it's going to be one of those three kids. It, it could be, you know, Killens, Warren, or Holyfield. And my bet would be Mike Warren because he's a bigger guy. But again, I'm not so sure. And, you know, not having OTAs, not having rookie camps, not potentially having, you know, much of a preseason. I don't know what's going to happen, but that doesn't help. It doesn't help these kids. So it actually helps the scenario of bringing in a veteran because at least you know what you get. Um, moving on then with wide receiver, wide receiver is really tough too. It's like, so who do I think are locks? Um, Jackson's going to be a lock. Jeffrey's going to be a lock unless they trade him, but they're not. Um, so there's two, but Jeffrey's going to probably start on the PUP. So he won't count towards the initial 53. So I won't count him in this, but so Jackson's one, Rager's two, you know, uh, Hightower will be three. Ward will be four. I mean, and again, this isn't the way they're on the depth chart. I'm just counting players. So there's four. I I would bet Marquise Goodwin, especially, and I know a lot of people don't think he's a lock to make the roster, and I understand that. But like I said, no offseason veteran. He would be five. And Arthega Whiteside, I mean, they're not going to drop Arthega Whiteside. So then it's like, Okay, so if they're not going to drop Ortega Whiteside, so then if it is really the Goodwin spot, which is up for grabs, that comes down to him, Quez Watkins, you know, that the undrafted kid they signed from Oregon State. I mean, there's a couple guys that could come in and get that spot, but for the most part, 
this is the first time in a couple of years where you're looking at the wide receiver and you're not going to really say, well, who's the battle for for the last like spot? Is who what guy out of nowhere could come in and win a spot on the roster? Because it doesn't really seem like it's likely. It's going to be either Goodwin, Quez Watkins, or um, or maybe I guess the, the the guy could come running up out of nowhere. But more than likely, remember too, that's with Jeffrey on pup. So there could be a scenario where if the Eagles aren't impressed with Marquise Goodwin or Quez Watkins, or they see average there, they're not going to go and sign or pick a wide receiver. They'll use that roster spot on potentially you know a, a different spot on the roster because they know that Jeffrey's eventually going to come back. But I'll say six receivers. I will go with six right now. But I'm really torn if it's going to be five or six. I'll, I'll say six for now. But again, I'm also going to err on the side of good, just so we can say here at the end, I'll count my number, and we'll say, uh-oh, we, we're going to have to go to a spot to cut a couple positions because I am over right now. Um, tight ends, I, I'll say three. But again, like I said, that practice squad rule really is is an intriguing option. I'll say three, though, for now. And it'll be Ertz, obviously, um, Goddard, and then it could be you know Perkins, Ellis, whatever you want to do. Uh, offensive line, now this is tricky. So here's the line. Now this is without Peters. My prediction is Peters comes back. So you know what? If I'm predicting Peters back, let's just do it. So you got Peters, Dillard, Ciamalo, Kelsey, Brooks, Johnson, that's six. Prior seven. My lot is eight. They're not going to quit on my lot. I just know that. Nine is Driscoll, the kid they picked. So I think if they even they do bring Peters back, they're going to want to keep 10 because now you have Herbig, um, Suopeda, the member that they put him on the active roster so he wouldn't leave last year. Uh, and I, really, the center thing is is really important because I don't think they want to move Ciamalo. So I would bet Nate Herbig or the, the undrafted kid they brought him. What was that kid's name? Let me pull that up. But I would think that that would be more or less what they're going to look at. Is it Render? Yeah, from Iowa. But now where is he? Let's find this. Now that's it. It's Jariga. Luke Jariga from Western Michigan. So it'll be him versus Herbig for maybe that 10th spot. And again, this is with Peters. So maybe without Peters, it's still nine. But I, I think those are the nine. Now, is Matt Pryor a lock by any stretch? A lot of people are questioning that. I think he is, especially because he had, you know, he he's now got experience at least played in a playoff game. Um, then you move forward to the defensive line, so you're going to keep Brandon Graham, right? You're going to keep Derek Barnett. You're going to keep Josh Sweat. Um, again, they haven't signed anybody else yet. Vinnie Curry's still out there. I'd assume that potentially he comes back, but for you know the sake of argument right now, he's not on here. So Jannard Avery, you're going to bring him in, um, and Joe Osman. There's five, right? Two Hills, the draft pick. He's a seventh rounder. Who knows? You do that. I would envision a scenario where the Eagles have six ends, but we'll just say five for now. And then on defensive tackles, you have clearly Cox. You have Hargraves. Yeah, or Hargrave. You have um, Jackson, and then Ridgeway. So right there's nine. Okay. So if they have nine, and I would be stunned if it's not ten, but if with those nine. 
And again, you know, screw it. They're going to have 10. There's no way they're not going to bring back another end or keep six. With the way he wants to rotate the lines, that's just how it's going to be. Or they keep a fifth tackle and it's Anthony Rush. So it's five or five or six and four, right? My guess would be actually, you know, the more I think about it, five and five. They're they're not going to do Anthony Rush. They put a lot into last year. I don't envision a scenario, especially with what happened to us at defensive tackle. He goes. But again, 10. So there's 10 defense alignment, 10 offense alignment. Linebackers, five. There's going to be five linebackers. They're, they're going to go light at linebacker. It's a guarantee. Stone cold guarantee. Edwards, um, you know, Taylor, the draft pick, Gary. Um, then you have, you know, Duke Riley, Alex Singleton, Stuart Bradley. So Bradley, Singleton, they'll be essentially competing for that last spot. My, uh, that'd at least be my guess. Um, corner, six. The six corners are going to be Right now, Slay, Maddox, they're the starting outside corners. Roby Coleman and LeBlanc, that's your slot. And then the backup outside guys are Douglas and Jones. There's your six. Rasul Douglas is a question. I guess they could say he could potentially get cut. I know they restructured his deal, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I, I still don't know if they go light there only because, you know, they have two slots. Sidney Jones is always a question. What is health? So I, I don't envision a scenario where they go, Sidney Jones is going to be our primary backup and we'll have two slots. I, I don't think so. I think you keep your six corners. Then you go to safety and you look at, you know, Will Parks, uh, Jalen Mills. Now that helps having Mills, by the way, with that Rasul Douglas quandary because Mills could always go right to corner. But again, they want to make him a safety. Uh, Rodney McLeod, uh, Kayvon Wallace. It helps that Kayvon Wallace is there for the Mills thing. So, And then, um, you know, I, they like Rudy Ford. I mean, they, they, as a special teams player, they really do. So uh, let's say five safeties, right? And then your three special teamers, you know, Elliot, you know, Johnston, and Lovato. So with that right there, with those numbers, that's 55 guys. We're two over. So right there, just like kind of trying to find bare minimum in numbers. We're still two over. Where do you drop the two? Is one of them Rasul Douglas? Maybe, because you can use Jalen Mills as kind of a hybrid player. Um I mean, that's definitely possible. I mean, if you don't think that's possible, and again, remember, this is also nobody's hurt going into the season. And I don't know if they're going to have much of a preseason or training camp, but, you know, injuries do happen. So um, right there, but again, that's 11. Maybe it's Douglas. Then you look at around, like the wide receiver, you're six. You could go to five. Tight ends, maybe they just keep the two. But this whole, like, the rot, and again, bringing in a running back, if you do bring in a running back, and then it's like, okay, Corey Clement's job's on the line then, really, because, again, you don't, I, or it's him or one of the rookies, you know what I mean? It's, it's good to have depth. They have a lot of depth. This is a good problem. This is what you want to have. It's, it's, this is what happens, by the way, when you're really good last year making the playoffs with a bunch of guys you never heard of because you find some guys that you didn't expect maybe that would be part of your team the next year like a Boston Scott came out of nowhere you know what I mean and we talked about receivers I didn't even mention Burnett or Davis or you know those guys started playoff games you know uh it, it's a good problem to have but right now that's that's what I'm seeing again for the roster um like I said, I do envision, and, and again, this also included Peters, so if they don't have him, nine linemen's definitely for more, you could drop an offensive lineman. But I think the Eagles have a really good idea who their 53 is right now, and there's going to be a couple position battles, and 
like I said, hopefully we get a, some news here in the next week or so where they're able to make the decision if they're going to sign another running back and if they're going to sign an offensive lineman because I don't see anything else. Could they bring in a linebacker with some veteran experience? Absolutely, I don't know. But again, they're not going to try to spend a lot of money because they need the salary cap for next year. So that is, again, that also plays into the Jason Peters thing. Yes, they might want to have him back, but if Peters wants $10 million and they're like, damn, we need that $10 million for next year, especially because the salary cap number might go down um, and our numbers are already up against the wall, it all plays in. That's all I'm saying. Just keep an eye on. Things to know. But, um, you know, I, I, another thing I want to talk about is I did hear about, and you know, Fox, Joe Buck was talking about what the, the virtual fans in the stands and, and the crowd noise and... People are all negative on it. And I don't know. Again, this is all brand new territory. I, I don't know what it's going to be like uh, putting virtual people in the stands during the game. I mean, wh- whatever. I, my thing is this. Is the f- noise going to be on the field? Like, are the players going to hear it? Because that I can maybe get if the players are hearing the noise. Because, like, if you're just making noise for the TV element, that's just weird, isn't it? Like, if and again, how do you judge how much noise should go through the stadium? I I know they'll put it as a set number, but that's BS because there's a lot of stadiums where, you know, the Eagles go down to Tampa Bay, they take over the stadium. They go to you know a lot of places where they took over the stadium, and that's a big part of how we had success. We travel our fans really well. When you're the best fan base in the NFL, this is what happens. So. It does hurt the Eagles because we rely a lot on the team that relies a lot on our traveling crowd and, and our fans at home and how loud we get. The, we have a home field advantage. That's obvious. We won a Super Bowl because we had home field advantage. Um, so I, I, I'm not so sure what that's going to play out like. But again, hey, the, the, hopefully there's like a couple preseason games so they could try this out. And if it's just a horrific idea, then they get rid of it because if, you know, they're not having the noise in the stadium and the players are just talking. It's going to look really, really weird having fake noise. And I'd rather just be quiet so I could hear what the players are saying, learn something. Um, I watched UFC 249 and you know what? It it really, you could tell there was nobody there. Yeah, it was a little different, but it didn't ruin the experience for me watching that show. So football, I mean, it's not a big deal to me either. Like it's a different element. It's not going to be the norm. We'll be eventually there will be fans back. I mean, but if if it's just for a season, whatever. I unless it's going to be something where you're having noise in the crowd or in the stadium itself, then I don't know how gung ho I'd be on that idea. Speaking of the Eagles winning that Super Bowl, there was an article this week released by some you know completely moronic Saints fan that you know oh had they the Minnesota miracle not happened, how they would have beaten the Eagles because and I quote he he cited. Elvin Kamara saying that they would have beat the crap out of us. Well, first of all, he's a moron and he's an idiot for saying that because uh, you lost to Minnesota and you can blame it on one play, but the point was it came down to one play and we stomped Minnesota the next week. And here's the thing. Foles found it. He did not lose it. Nobody was beating the Eagles in the NFC title game and nobody was beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I know this because I saw Tom Brady potentially play the best game of his career and he couldn't get the job done. So yeah, again, I can go through a caveat of games where the Eagles lost and I think, damn, we would have won the Super Bowl. 
number one being the Arizona game in 2008 where they lost it. I have no doubts they would have beaten the Steelers in that Super Bowl. But, I mean, that's the, he said, she said. I mean, woulda, coulda. What do you, I mean, if you want to be the woulda champs like the Saints are, they're the woulda champs. That's what they are. They are the woulda champs. Three years in a row. They, they, they fail and they complain and they cry and they try to look for reasons. Oh, we had a pass interference. You know, they completely uh, forget the fact that they're, they had a chance to stop the Rams from going down the field to kick a field goal to tie the game. And then they conveniently forget the fact that they got the ball in overtime and their, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback threw an interception. So, you know, keep crying. You know, they're, they're crying about last year losing to Minnesota. It, it's, it's, it's the Wooda champs. So please, I'm not talking about them. But currently on FS1, though, speaking of Woodas for the Eagles, um, they're playing the 2004 divisional round game with the Eagles and the Packers. And to me, this is a, a great memory because this is the 4th and 26th game. And the 4th and 26th game to me, oh my gosh, I, I'll never forget it. I used to be so weird. I'd watch games by myself. I didn't want anybody around, like my mom, my dad, nothing. And this because I still lived at home. I was in high school when this game happened. But um, yeah, nobody. They would go away. My dad would go over his buddy and buddy's house, and my mom would go at my aunt's house, and you know my brother was out of the house, so it was just me. And I'll never forget when Mitchell caught that ball. And to think about it, like fourth and twenty six, and he throws that dart down the middle, and my head touched the ceiling of our house. I never jumped so high in my life. Like the season's over. It's it's so unappreciated how unbelievable that play was. And I know the Eagles got a great spot on it, but I mean it's still clear that Mitchell caught the ball and went past the line of scrimmage or the line of gain, so it was a first down. But it's just great. To, now this is a great game to watch, and you look at it, and you see the camera view. By the way, HD is so awesome because this is like it's unbelievable to see what television has evolved to in the last 10 years, 15 years. But that's it for this week. Um, I do want to thank everybody for listening. And like I said, hopefully next week we'll have a little bit more clearer idea of what the roster is going to look like. Well, maybe we'll get a move here sooner or later. But um, as for then, stay healthy, stay safe. And as always, go birds. (laughs) 